0: Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor, Blender Bombs. I've been using Blender Bombs with my smoothies for the last year or so, and I seriously cannot get enough. Blender Bombs are a nutrient dense superfood ball that you throw into your blender with your favorite smoothie ingredients to make your smoothie a plant based meal replacement. It doesn't have any artificial ingredients or fillers, and they're made with real ingredients, which you guys know I'm all about. Has chia seeds, walnuts, pecans, hemp seeds, dates, honey. These bombs are not only amazing in your smoothie, but can be snacked on plain as well. So when I throw a blender bomb into my smoothie, it keeps me full for hours, and it doesn't leave me hungry like 30 minutes later. So they're full of omega-3s, and all kinds of superfoods and nutrients and convenience like it saves me so much time from opening up all these bags of chia seeds and blending up my flax seeds and throwing in all these things so it's so easy and convenient and they come in all kinds of delicious flavors my favorites are just the original bomb goes with everything and then the chocolate mint it's so good it's like a perfect little like taste like dessert shake and i also put in my chocolate protein powder and sometimes i throw in a few like mint leaves from our garden it is delicious so if you've never tried blender bombs or maybe you have and you love them just as much as i do now is the time to get your order in be sure to use my code fitnessinsider at blenderbombs.com fitness insider will get you 20 percent off your next order and i will include that in the show notes so that you can take advantage Hello, hello. We're back with episode 48. This episode is a fun conversation with Georgia Thompson of goodness with G on Instagram, as you may know her, a health coach and health and wellness blogger, influencer, and so many other things. We talk about what a health coach really does. We get off topic with added crap ingredients. We get here in the US, a passion point of mine, stress management, meditation, and morning routines. She's also about to get married, so she talks about her her perspective on wedding prep, quote, as far as diet and exercise goes. A little bit of everything, so I hope you enjoy. Um, in this episode, we talk about what a health coach really does, added ingredients, like I just said, in the U.S., morning routines and how to implement one, meditation and how she got consistent with it, stress management and how to keep anxiety at bay, her approach to wedding prep, and more. So, Georgia Thompson is an integrative nutrition health coach, health and wellness blogger, yoga sculpt instructor, content creator, freelance writer, and recipe developer dedicated to helping others to create healthy and balanced life. So, what does Georgia not do? This one is so much fun. So, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right. Hey, Georgia, welcome to the Fitness Insider Podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show.
1: Of course. I'm so excited. I know we were saying this, but I feel like these are topics that we could talk about forever. It's like wellness, fitness, etc. <laughs> so this is gonna be great. I'm always excited to chat.
0: Yay. Yeah. Well, I think we I we met like several years ago during yeah. like a studio hop like photo shoot way back in the day. Yes. And I think that's when I started following you, but I have loved following your journey and seeing everything that you've been doing. Um and like all of your recipes and just like you always inspire me to be healthier and get moving. So thanks for love doing it. what you're doing.
1: Hey, that's the goal right there. So I love it. <laughs> if I can inspire one person to cook something I'm healthier, sure move their body, whatever. That's that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love
0: it. So let's kick this off by you sharing a little bit about goodness with G and what you've been up to.
1: Yeah. So I guess for those who may not know, my name is Georgia Thompson, but my, I guess, company slash Instagram, et cetera, is called Goodness with G. A lot of people call me G. Um, So that's sort of where obviously that came from. Um, But yeah, just a little about me, I guess I am an integrative nutrition health coach. Um, I also am a health and wellness blogger. My blog slash Instagram is Goodness with G, and I'm a yoga sculpt instructor. I teach a core power and I've been doing a lot of like virtual and like private classes and things like that as well. So, um, yeah, those are kind of just sort of the multi fat or the different facets of what I do. Um, but I guess I, I, usually say, you know, my quote unquote, full-time job is coaching. I, that's how it, I spend the majority of my day is with clients. Um, but then my, you know, Instagram blog, teaching, those kinds of things are all sort of different aspects of what I do and help me kind of connect with people that often, Become clients or things like that too. So that's just a little background of what I do.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's all like interconnected, and it all kind of works together very well. So when you say coaching, I'm assuming you're you're referring to like your nutrition health coaching. So I noticed you recently became an integrative nutrition health coach. So can I know like some people get confused about all the different like titles, you know, like yeah. functional medicine practitioner and nutritionist yeah. and dietitian and all that. So can you explain
1: what that means and like what you do with clients? Yeah. So it's actually so funny. I just actually led a um a little like wellness workshop. I call them, I do like kind of virtual workshops and we talked all about like holistic health because I think to your point, a lot of people get very, very confused as to what the difference is between all these different things, you know, whether it's functional medicine or alternative medicine or, you know, all these different titles. Um, so yeah. there's a recording of that if anyone's interested in kind of diving into that kind of stuff more deeply. But sort of in a nutshell, I it, technically like I said, my title is an integrative nutrition health coach. Um I often call it holistic health coaching because that's really in its essence what it is. Um, and the main difference I would say between a health coach, and whether it's a dietitian or nutritionist, because I get that question a lot, um, is that we really focus on the whole person. That's really where the quote unquote holistic approach comes in, in that diet and nutrition are obviously a big part of that. Physical health is a big part of your health and wellness in general, but we really dive into all the different other aspects that are equally, if not more important. So whether that is, um, you know, mental health so that's you know meditation mindfulness creating intentional routines um structuring your day in a sort of way that you know gives you time for all these things so we kind of dive in a little bit more deeply to the lifestyle factors in addition to you know nutrition and diet too so we're taking more of that quote holistic approach towards you know towards health that goes beyond diet and exercise even though those are important aspects so a lot of people back to what i was saying about yeah people Ask often what's the difference between working with you and a nutritionist? Is that we aren't going to be diving into, like, you know, necessarily the caloric breakdown of what you should be eating or as deep into, you know, macros and things like that as some people might need. Um, we're looking mm-hmm. at nutrition from a little bit broader lens and using that as, you know, just one factor in helping people get towards whatever goal it is that they're working towards.
0: Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of people just need some guidance like they may know yeah. what they need to do but just having someone to like coach them through it and have yes. sort of like a accountability also is really helpful oh my gosh um, yeah
1: for sure yeah, I think so- a lot of or like I, I tell that to a lot of clients they'll say you know or like they'll be talking about something and I'm like you kind of just answer your own question like you know what you should be doing and they, they, it's like they have the answers often um a lot of the times already within them it's just I think having someone like you said to help them kind of stay on track and stay accountable.
0: Yeah. I'm actually a health coach also. And I recently, like a year ago, got my certification online. And like, I've always been into like nutrition and I love, Mm -hmm. I've started coaching some groups here and there, but like, just, yeah, like a lot of people just need, I mean, I'm just advising them, telling them what I've learned and like what I know about nutrition and yeah. helping them to make, like, you know, better lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on, like, a more personal note, I'm I'm seeing a functional medicine practitioner, and it's more based off, like, more regular blood work and what yeah. kind of, like, supplements do I need to, like, or what do I need mm-hmm. to be eating to fill in the gaps or, be, like, better optimize certain levels of things. So,
1: yeah, like, well, you can and, definitely uh, dive deeper. Oh, for sure. And I think I always encourage clients to, you know, to work with their doctor and to find a functional medicine doctor in their area to do things like labs. And, you know, the more, um, in depth, I guess, if you're looking for, you know, like a biological perspective, you know, understanding your baseline, I think is really important as a health coach. I don't have the authority to call in labs for uh, clients. They're not really my patients. Whereas some, Mm -hmm. um, you know whether it's a, obviously a doctor or a PA, or even some maybe dietitians have access to to those things, um, and that's really I think where a health coach can come in is kind of the mediator between a doctor and the patient in that case, um, yeah. because a lot of times I think patients don't know what to ask for, so I can kind of help guide my clients to be better patients if that makes sense and have a better mm-hmm. understanding of hey okay well if you're going to get labs done have them look for this, this, and this, if you've been having low energy or whatever it is they've been complaining about. Um, and two, I think I, I talk about this with a lot with clients is, you know, they'll have their doctors say, Oh, well, you know, you have XYZ issue and we really need to work to lower this or that. Um, but they don't necessarily have the time to sit down with them and explain how you do that. You know what I mean? Like the lifestyle factors of, okay, yeah, I have high cholesterol. Um, you know, my doctor said I need to, work on that or whatever it is, you know, you need to lose weight or all these different health things your doctor may tell you, but, um, it's having, I think the hands-on health coach to explain, okay, well, here are some things we can be adding to your diet. Here's some lifestyle things we can be working on, you know, adding into your routine or whatever that I think that there's a big gap sometimes between what our doctor tells us and what the, you know, what the patient or the client is really able to, um, to comprehend and do every day.
0: Yeah. No, that's such a good point as like a health coach being kind of like an advocate for you and your yeah. health because you have to ask the right questions and really dig 100%. for yourself. And you know, doctors can only spend so much time with you, but a health coach can kind right. of like take your hand and like lead you through it a little bit more. So right. if anyone for listening sure. is in that position, which I feel like a lot of people <laughs> probably are. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, there's just so much. I think there's just so much to know. And like you need – God, we all need someone sometimes to sit there and kind of break it down and say, you know, what if this stuff's really important? What do I really need to be doing? And that's, I think, where I think a lot of people yeah. get very overwhelmed. Yeah.
0: Even, like, myself. Like, I know what to do. And I'm seeing a doctor. And I know – but I still get overwhelmed. And I'm like, wait. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like,
1: what should I do? What's really important? Oh, yeah. And that's why I think having yeah. of the, a, like, a, quote, team of people, I was – to say that to clients too. Like I'm just one more member on your team of whether it's, you know, your doctor, your therapist, you know, whatever, um, on your team of people helping you feel your best, you know, it's just one more of those people that's kind of, they're rooting for you and helping giving you, you know, help helping to get you there.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's very important to have a team before you get into some big health crisis. Like Preventative yeah. is better. <laughs> like oh, let's for prevent sure. these things from happening and getting it. Oh good my gosh, yeah. And... Well so, it's just so much easier um, to
1: to to work on that stuff on the front end. And you know, it's a much more I say this about myself too when I'm buying supplements or I'm doing, you know, all these different things, whatever. It's um it's I'd rather pay for that on the front end versus yeah, paying for it on the back end and you know, meaning in medical bills. Or, you know, you hear those things a lot of like would you rather be you know pay for health or pay for you know sickness. So
0: sickness, yeah. It's
1: all about it. Really, really, really is all about you know setting yourself up for a longer, healthier life.
0: Yeah, and I I think there's like a happy medium, but I know a lot of people are like, well, it's really expensive to yeah. eat healthy, and it's. But you're right. Like it's like you either pay pay now or pay, pay later. Pay it later, really yeah. harsh. But it's like
1: it's sort of the reality. True. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah but it is especially
0: in the u.s like our diet here and all the crap that they put like i can't remember oh i think it was like the food babe or something on instagram where she was like comparing um meals in the u.s like at mcdonald's versus in france or canada Mm -hmm. and and, like just different products and like how in the u.s like we have all
1: this added crap like added dyes and artificial flavor oh my god like why just (laughs) It's just crazy. You'll see sometimes those lists of like the ingredients that are banned, like in the EU that aren't banned here. And there's like thousands, you know, or it's just insane. And um, it makes you kind of skeptical, unfortunately, of, you know, of a lot of things that we're eating. But I think it's just really being aware, you know, you can't save yourself from all processed food or all additives. Like that's just the unfortunate reality of, you know, yeah. Life and living where we live, but I think that's why the, the education piece is so important with, you know, whether it's having a health coach or, you know, following certain people on Instagram or whatever, just educating yourself, reading books, po- listening yeah. to podcasts. It's really, really about, I think, increasing your awareness so that you're just making more mindful decisions in general. You just You kind of know what yeah. you're getting yourself into with your diet or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it's so true. But seeing that stuff, like the comparisons, like not just in our food, but also in like our skincare and beauty yeah. products, like Easy. it, it's, I'm, it's so maddening. Like we went to, my husband and I went to Asia for like three weeks a few years ago, or I guess it was like four years ago now, but we like everything in Japan and Thailand, mostly Japan, was so much cleaner like versus here. Like there's no gluten and no dairy really. And most that we ate like fresh fish and rice and vegetables.
1: Which well, is much more pure. And it's kind of getting back to the yeah. basics. Right. Yeah. No, I and think then that's when we so came true. back
0: here, it was like, I thought that I had like a parasite or something or some stomach issue, but it was just like reintroducing the American diet that just like both of our stomachs were
1: like. We're not ready. So yeah. thrown off. That's just a great example. You know, you don't even really realize it, I think, until you have an experience like that where it's just so blatantly different that it's just – it's kind of eye-opening for sure.
0: Yeah. And you hear that, like, people that have gluten intolerances or allergies can go to, like, France and Italy
1: and, like, eat bread and pasta and be totally fine. Oh, my gosh. That's – it's really interesting. I think that it's just such a testament to the quality of your food, you know, and that's why, you know – kind of bringing it back to what you were saying, is just it's worth the investment in, you know, maybe it's just buying grass-fed meat or it's buying organic, you know, produce, whatever it is. And yes, those things are more expensive, but that's just one way of ensuring that you're getting a higher quality, you know, diet, because you can't trust that just whatever you find on the grocery store shelves is, you know, it's good for you. Even if it's, you know, under the guise of healthy or natural or whatever, you you have to be a little bit more... (laughs) kind of skeptical I think and that sounds so pessimistic but i think it's just being real and being um yeah, yeah being aware of what what's there because you can make some better decisions you know we can't always just fly abroad and whatever and eat gluten from france i wish that was the case but it's you know understanding yeah. <laughs> okay well what are my options here and how can i make you know just make a little bit more uh, insightful and you know knowledgeable choice on what i'm putting in my grocery cart
0: yeah. And I think like the education piece is so important. Like I know you did a, a reel on your Instagram about like healthy oils versus unhealthy yeah. oils. And a lot of people aren't aware of like things like canola oil aren't – it's not the best. It's inflammatory and it's in a yeah. lot of packaged goods. So um, I can link that video too on the yeah, show notes so people can see that. But Okay. I got us like way off track, off track, which I <laughs> knew this was going to happen. But our main topics are morning routines and stress management. So let's start with morning routines. I know it's like a trendy topic. We all love seeing like what other people are doing in the morning. Yeah. But sometimes like these routines can seem like really overwhelming. So yes. can you walk us through your personal morning routine and yeah. like how it's changed over
1: the years? For sure. So I think that few things. First is that morning routines should not be stressful. And the whole point is that it's helping you set yourself up and feel less stressed and, you know, have a more productive day, etc. To your point, you know, you're seeing, especially on social media now it's, you know, here's my 15 step morning routine. And you know that's not really helpful. Like there's no one has time for that. Um, and I think it, it leaves a lot of people feeling at least this is my, the feeling I get from clients when we talk about these types of things, is like, oh God, there's just so many things I feel like I should be doing and I can't, so I'm just going to do nothing at all and sit in my bed yeah. and scroll on my phone or whatever it is until I have to go work. Um, so I think being a little bit more flexible with it is super important. And I really encourage clients, I say this a lot to do, you know, quote unquote, or to embrace quote, flexible routines and whether that's your morning routine, whether that's your, you know physical activity routine, whatever it is, being flexible, because that is life. Like life is going to throw different things at you. And if we feel like we have to stick to this really, really crazy specific routine and then get really disappointed or down on ourselves when we can't complete that, that's not the point. So that being said, um, where I really try to start with a morning routine and I, whether it's for myself or with clients, et cetera, is to actually start looking at your evening routine first, because- I say this a lot, but you know, you can't have a good productive um, morning if you had a awful evening. You know what I mean? It's like, you meaning yeah. you stayed up late, you could not fall asleep, whatever. Um, then you wake up tired and you don't really want to go do the things that you should go do in the morning. So I think kind of walking it back and actually thinking like, okay, my morning actually starts in my evening. So how am I, winding down for bed? Am I putting my phone away at a certain time? Am I, you know, making sure that I'm kind of reducing some of that stress from the day so that I can actually get a really restful night's sleep? So kind of being honest with yourself of what's my evening routine look like first, I think is a good first step, which seems kind of backwards. But um, that being said, my morning routine, it is a little variable. You know, I think that because personally, I think my mornings are a little bit um, sometimes challenging because like, for example, on Wednesday mornings, I teach a classic Core Power really early. So that morning might look a little bit different than a morning where I don't have calls until, you know, a little bit later in the morning. So, again, being flexible is important. But that being said, I try to keep, you know, a couple of things or a few things consistent regardless. For me, meditation is a, a must. Um, and having, like, my coffee, my breakfast is a must. Um, and trying to get in some sort of movement. So, you know, maybe it's, it's also kind of changed with the seasons. I feel like in the summer yeah. when it was really light, really early and in Austin, it gets so hot. So if I was to go like on a run or something, I'd have to go like right, like at the crack of dawn because it just gets so warm. Um, and now yeah. that the, you know, obviously the day's are a little bit shorter and the mornings have been like really nice and like cool. I've been you know, waking up, going and like making my coffee, like having my cup of coffee while I do my meditation and then going and maybe taking a class or going on a run, um, come back, shower, kind of get ready for the day and I'll have my breakfast and, you know, get to, on email and things like that. So it's pretty like simple. And usually yeah. I do kind of slip in there a little bit of like, uh, or I guess when I'm doing my skincare, showering, whatever I do, I dry brush. That's another one I try to keep almost every day. Um, just because it feels really good, it feels like it's kind of getting some of that, you know, lymphatic drainage going. But it, that's pretty simple. I feel like we overcomplicate things in that, you know, we think we have to have this again, like this twenty-step morning routine. I'm like, if I can get in like a little bit of quiet time for my meditation, having my coffee, breathing, um, getting some movement in, that's pretty much a successful morning in my book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think some of the biggest things when it comes to your how you're starting your day, though. Is just trying to limit your phone use, and that's something I have to remind myself, and I definitely try to remind clients too. are getting on your email, I think that's such a, um, such a habit for so many people. It's like you wake up, you turn off your alarm, you immediately grab your phone, you look at Instagram, you look at email, things like that. So, I try to you know give myself the first you know chunk of my morning, really not paying that much attention to my phone at all. I use it for like turning off my alarm and. I use like if I do a guided meditation, I'll use it for that. But um, I think that just for your mental health and just starting your day feeling a little bit more grounded, if you can, you know, stay off your phone and just whether it's journaling, meditation, whatever, do something that's a good like mindfulness technique, practice. I think that's really the best way you could start your day, period.
0: So I was gonna ask you with the meditation, because like I've tried to do that and I just like I haven't gotten in the habit over the years. So what, what are like, how do you make that? How do you successfully meditate?
1: (laughs) So, oh my gosh, it's one of those things that I was someone that just could not do it for so, so long. Um, I even, this is so crazy, but my mom is, she's very into wellness and things like that as well. She actually had our family go through, um, the, I guess you'd call it training for, um, It's transcendental meditation, TM. It's like a whole area of meditation and you have to go through the specific training for it. You have to learn how to do the TM style meditation. I was a senior in high school, like the summer after my senior year. So this was like really before people like meditated and it was like a trendy thing to do. You know what I mean? Um, Which was great, but it was really cool. Uh, But I, so kind of on and off dabbled in some meditation throughout college and I really, really struggled um to commit to my practice mostly because when you're 20 years old and living in a dorm with other people like that's just it felt very challenging which it was um but i think also you know i i'm someone who definitely struggles with anxiety i talk about that on my page and you know have gotten to a place in the past several years that i've been able to manage it better um and much more effectively than i was you know in college so i think i kind of told, had this narrative in my mind of you know meditation sitting there quietly with my thoughts gives me more anxiety. And I was very fidgety, very, you know, kind of, it was anxiety inducing instead of yeah. anxiety mediating. Producing. Um, yeah. You know, which didn't feel like that was productive. Um But I think I really just had to kind of let go of, you know, a lot of the preconceived notions I had of what my meditation should look like. Um, and that it had to be, you know, according to this really specific style, I would love to get back to a TM style meditation, but it was, it's a little, um, it seemed a little intense, you know, it's 20 minutes twice a day, um, which just is a big ask, 40 minutes of your day for a college student. So that was a little bit more than I was able yeah. to commit to. I would love to get back there someday, but um, this was maybe, you know, in the past year and a half to two years, I've just kind of I sort of just scratched all of this. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get back to the basics. I'm going to start with a guided meditation. I got on he- the Headspace app, which I love. Um, but there's a ton of other, you know, there's the call app. There's, uh, you know, got YouTube. There's a gazillion ways to do a guided meditation. And that's really how I sort of started to take baby steps into it again. Um, and starting with five minutes and then 10 minutes. And, um, and I, I really enjoyed having someone, talk me through it and give me those kind yeah. of verbal reminders of what I should be doing, you know, focusing on my breath and things like that. But um, I think one of the biggest things is, or a few things I encourage clients to do and that really work for me is just kind of letting go. And that's really the whole point is that you're not meditating to do anything, really. There's no like end goal. It's not, you know, oh, I have to be perfectly tranquil and have no thoughts come up. Like that's <laughs> not, that's not the point. It's really about being, I think, present and being okay with thoughts coming in and out and, you know, bringing that attention and that awareness back to your breath when you find those thoughts come up. Because um, I used to think like, oh God, if, you know, I didn't have this like very Zen thoughtless meditation, then it was a wash. I wasn't quote like, doing it right, which you can't really yeah. do it right or wrong. You just need to do it. <laughs> so um, I, I I can't even remember where I heard this, but someone was this is, I just really liked this analogy that they were saying that, um, when you're meditating, like thinking of it more like you're going to the gym and like every time you are sitting there and thoughts come in and you, you know, you identify, okay, I'm getting off track. My thoughts are here. I'm going to bring that attention back to my breath. Thinking of that as like a one rep, like you're holding a weight and like that's one bicep curl or whatever, like that's a rep. And so I think that got me to sort of thinking of like, oh, that's not a bad thing. That's actually like productive. Like you have to have thoughts there so that you're yeah. able to, you know, to go through this, like the motions of, oh, you know, identifying it, being aware of it, bringing that attention back. Um, and I think that's cool. meditation. Yeah. It's called, and it's called a practice for a reason. You have to practice it every day. <laughs> yeah. Like you're never there. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something we'll have to practice forever. Um Yeah, But I think another thing, just kind of to bring it back to the accountability piece, like you were saying from just health coaching was I had to kind of hold myself accountable. And something I even do today is I use like a planner, you know, a little like calendar thing with all, all, you know, my calls or whatever it is I have going on that day. And every single day of the week I have written meditation. (laughs) Like like it's a thing, it's just as important as the call that I have at 11am or, you know, I have to get this, you know, document into so and so. You know, it's it's something that I think I had to really make a, a to do list item until it became just a part of my day. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, um, that's so finding great, some ways that's a good idea,
1: and finding some ways to hold yourself accountable. Maybe it's you know I've had some clients that I you know sort of prescribed meditation to, or said you know Hey, this looks really you know this is your one of the things I really want you to work on, they'll do it with their like significant other. And I've had some clients say like, can I say like my boyfriend or whoever it is that they are doing this with, you know, is super into it. And is like asking me, you know, okay, so what are we doing our meditation today? I'm like, that's so cool. So, you know, mm-hmm, find someone cool. that maybe is like that source of accountability for you. Um, so just finding some ways to, to kind of, I hate to say the word force, but just you know, get into the habit of doing it because it's. I think we get discouraged so often. So mm-hmm. you just have to kind of get through that uncomfortable stage of, this is weird. I don't like it. I'm overwhelmed with my thoughts. Um, I'm not doing this right. Like, kind of putting that noise to the side and just keeping up with the consistency. And eventually, you kind of wake up one day and you're like, okay, I feel I'm just feeling a little bit less stressed overall. Or I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying that part of my morning routine. It's a chance for me to, to feel more grounded and breathe. So anyway, that's a totally long answer to your question. But hopefully those <laughs> no, some of those tips are helpful.
0: Yeah, they're really helpful. And I like that you put it on your calendar because I've always been a big advocate of like if you can't get into a workout routine, yeah. like you need even if you are, like I like put it on my calendar because it's yeah. like just as important as my meetings. Just treat it like a meeting. So you actually yeah. like go and show up. So um yeah. and I think that's true with like what you're saying about meditation, like making it a habit is true of like any morning routine like more broadly so like I also started making kind of a rule for myself that I don't look at my phone until I'm done with my devotional for the day and I've made my bed and I've taken my supplements and then I can
1: then I can look at my phone yeah no I think and that's there's there's this kind of like term I guess called um like temptation bundling I don't know if you've ever heard of that but Mm -mm. you basically that's a perfect example of like it's so tempting to, you know, get on our phone or whatever it is. But if you can like bundle that with some other things that are like really important to do, for example, that's almost like your reward for like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to like make my bed. I'm going to do my meditation. And like, then I can get on Instagram for 10 minutes or whatever it is. And like, it sounds so dumb, but like, that's a good way to just like, it's, it's just getting yourself into the habit of doing these things first and making them more important than the scrolling or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, and I also tried for a while to like plug my phone in in the bathroom, but I use yeah. it as my alarm, and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, did that I didn't last very
1: long. I know, and that, that's the really like the hard thing is, you know, it would be so great to put it in another room, but I use it. I use it as my alarm too, so that can be kind of t- kind of tough, but it's just you have to kind of force yeah. yourself to like press, you know, whatever, <laughs> not snooze, but off, and then like not really <laughs> look at it, but it's hard. That is definitely tough.
0: Yeah super hard. So, um, okay, let's switch gears to stress management. There's a lot going on in the world yes, and in our personal lives too. So what are your tips on how to navigate stress to keep the anxiety at bay? I'm sure one of your answers is meditation. Um, yes. but what other tips do you have?
1: Yeah, we, you know, stress is one of those things that I feel like is so multifaceted. And, um, again, to bring it back, I actually did a stress workshop again, and that we really dove into a lot of this stuff in more detail. So people can go look at the recording of that on my site. If um, you want to just really dive in more deeply, Um, because we talked a lot about, you know, stress in the body and kind of how it manifests, what it is and um, taking sort of the holistic approach, you know, that's really what I do um, to all these different things. So stress is a great example, I think, of something that you kind of have to um, to combat it from a bunch of different angles. Um, and that, so to your point, mindfulness practices are huge. So maybe that's meditation, maybe that's journaling, getting outside, you know, going on a walk, things like that, that really the whole point of those activities is to make you feel, I think it's, to kind of get out of your head, get out of your mind, which is where stress lives, um, and kind of immerse yourself into something that's a little bit bigger than you. So you know, meditation, for example, you know, when you're feeling kind of caught up in your head with that anxiety or that stress, meditation is intended to help you, you know, move that energy from your mind and kind of drop back, drop back down into your body. Um, nature can have a similar, you know, uh, effect where you're you're just connecting with something that's a little bit bigger than you. So types of practices like that, I think, are extremely important. Um, but I think. Again, another sort of element of that holistic approach is obviously diet. you know diet yeah. plays a huge 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 role in stress and I think that we don't think of it that way. I I think for a long time, especially when I was really struggling with anxiety kind of felt like my my mental health and my physical health were two separate entities and that I, I didn't understand how interconnected those things yeah. were. um. I mean, it wasn't until I think I kind of took a little bit broader approach and understood like, oh, well, if I start, you know, eating more of these types of things or, um, you know, doing some more mindfulness practices, you know, it actually improves both my mental and my physical health, for example. So um, diet in general, uh, I think that there's a lot more, I guess, literature or just um, talk maybe about Kind of like the brain gut connection and that's huge. Yeah. I talk about that a lot with clients. I talked about that a lot in this workshop too that I'm referring to and that's really the idea that you know our our guts and our brains are literally neurologically connected. They call the gut yeah. like the second brain and um and it's really the idea that it kind of they work both directions. So what you eat, the quality of your food, you know, impacts how you feel. And I think good examples of that are like, you know, you go have a really crappy, you know, junky meal and you feel, often people feel anxious. They have a hard time sleeping. You feel sluggish. You have really low energy. It's like we know how that can make us feel. Um, but vice versa, you know, you have a really great, like, um, nourishing meal and you can feel super energetic, you may sleep better. You're, you know, you have all these positive, um, psychological effects in addition to the physical effects too. Um, so I think to feel or to really combat stress, you have to you know approach it from a dietary perspective too. Of how is what I'm eating impacting my mood, my energy levels, my sleep, things like that. So I think that approach, you know, eating for stress, quote unquote, is really important and really taking it back to the basics. It doesn't have to be tough, you know. It doesn't have to be a bunch of supplements and things like that. You know, I think just really focusing on whole real foods to make it Mm -hmm. super simple is important you know things that don't have a nutrition label uh, that come from the earth and specifically high fiber foods so you know high fiber Mm -hmm. fruits and veggies lots of um, healthy fats lots of colorful things have tons of antioxidants you know the more colors on your plate the better Um, and then obviously gut loving foods you know they say like live foods fermented foods whether it's you know the, the kimchi, the sauerkraut, you know, things that have a lot of really good natural probiotics, um, mm-hmm. can be really, really helpful. So that's kind of on the, you know, what I'd recommend for the adding for, you know, what to limit. I don't, I am by no means ever telling clients like, Hey, you can never have these things again. Like I never want to encourage restricting anything, but I think when we're really struggling with whatever health issue, making sure that we're, you know, kind of, and I'm sure you've heard this term crowding out, you know, crowding out some of the bad stuff with adding in more good things. But some of the things that you want to kind of focus on crowding out could be um, for anxiety, for stress is, you know, anything that really can spike your blood sugar. And so that can be like, you know, refined carbohydrates, things like that. And really the purpose for that is that when, you know, when things spike your blood sugar Obviously, you have this spike, and then it drops off pretty rapidly. And often, your blood sugar goes lower than it was when it started, and that can cause depression, anxiety. You know, you have that low blood sugar moment. So things like that, um, I think, can be really detrimental to our emotional state. You know, increasing stress levels, plus things like you know, kind of the obvious, caffeine and alcohol can do a number on our. Um, on our mm-hmm. stress levels too, and people don't want to hear that because it's those are the things we don't want to limit. Um, give up, <laughs> give up, right? And that doesn't mean hey, like you have to cut out alcohol and caffeine altogether, but it's you know it's just being mindful. I think with our consumption and being kind of intentional with when we drink these things, how much of it we have, um, and making sure you're kind of just setting yourself up for success by by managing those things a little bit better. So. Anyway, that's – I mean, those are just some general things. But I think approaching it from a, you know, a dietary perspective um, and just from more like lifestyle things too. You know, it's getting in good physical you – know, good movement, physical activity, um, managing your stress through, stream, my, through mindfulness activities, um, things like that. So it's just, I think, approaching it, like I said, from kind of that multi dimensional perspective.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the whole gut-brain connection is getting – like buzzier and like people are talking about it but it's a good reminder that like even when you were talking about the blood sugar spikes and then dips Mm -hmm. that that tends to cause stress or anxiety if you have anxiety which I think a lot of people do um and it's even like when you just feel like your stomach is empty you're hungry you may Mm -hmm. have anxiety because of that so snacking on like whole foods is a good idea and not getting into a bind like that
1: Right. I don't think that's just, I use like the phrase, like setting yourself up for success, literally at nauseum with clients because it, a lot of it just, but it's so true. It's like to your point, you know, you go to the grocery store on Sunday or whatever it is, and you know, you have the option to buy really nourishing snacks or whatever it is, you know, or foods that are super nourishing and you know, are going to fuel your body the right way during a busy week ahead. Or you have the opportunity to buy you know, feel good foods, comfort foods that might taste really good. They're super palatable, but they um, are full filled with junk that actually might, um, might be adding to your anxiety, um, or your gut problems or whatever these things are. So I think it's just making really, you know, just more intentional decisions because you have the power to, you know, to set yourself up for success or not. I think we can get in our own ways a lot of times too, by just by making it harder on ourselves through what we choose to eat and do with our time.
0: Yeah, and I think back to like phone usage, like that can also be a good stress anxiety relief if you give yourself a break. Like I've started taking mm-hmm. like Sundays, just not getting on Instagram, and Love it, it is it. just it's so nice. <laughs> it's just Game take a little bit, even if it's an hour, like just
1: just yeah yeah. Oh my gosh, scrolling. yeah. We just we it's such a trap, and like the and we all know it. We all know it's designed to be addictive but like thinking of it as an addictive substance, you know, like anything else, I think, you know, you just kind of have to be mindful. And I always like to say that, you know, any, whether it's your diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's alcohol, whatever, like all these things just have to be managed. And like social media use technology use is just another thing that needs to be managed like an adult. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and kind of, And thinking of it that way, like, okay, I'm not, it's not saying never get on your phone. That would be unrealistic. You and I use it a lot for our jobs. So um, Mm -hmm. it's just maybe setting more, um, more specific boundaries around the time that you're using it or kind of how, um, you know, how it can play a role in your routines and things like that.
0: Yeah. We can all get sucked in so easily. It's like you look up and it's like, oh my
1: gosh, I was just scrolling for 45 minutes. It's insane. I feel like TikTok, I'm not, I'm not a real TikToker. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a little Gen Z for me. Like I, I get it, but I don't like the whole culture, but I feel like the times I ever get on it, I'm like, this is such a mind suck.
0: Like oh my gosh, hours yeah. will
1: go by. It's much more, I think, addictive, um, than, than even Instagram, like the scrolling yeah. aspect of it. There's just something about it that I'm like, this is deadly. Like, it's just so it easy really to get on it. It's really crazy to me. Yeah, insane.
0: I got. I downloaded TikTok like at the beginning of the pandemic because that's kind of when everyone was like talking yeah. about stuff, and so it was yeah. like a good like you know just cope with the stress and like right. just mind numbing, and yeah. then I realized like an hour like it was even like you said more addictive than
1: Instagram. I was like, I gotta delete this. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I, think I can't the big do, thing do it. Too is Right, and like I, you know. I'm not saying like we never need to get on our phones or, you know, use technology. Like I, in the evenings for me, you know, I, I like watching like trashy Bravo TV for oh, an hour yeah. or two, whatever. Like that, I'm not saying don't do that, but I think it's honestly, I think just giving yourself more of a buffer around like your sleep cycle
0: with mm-hmm. this use. So it's like a,
1: Hey, go watch your favorite show. If that's your way to decompress in the evening, I'm like, go for it. That's great. But give yourself a good 30 minutes to an hour after you do that after you've sat there and watched TV and been on your phone to like unwind and really let your brain kind of get into sleep mode. Because I think that stuff just really, really impacts our sleep and our stress levels. Those things kind of go hand in hand. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. not that don't use them, but Hey, just set more realistic boundaries about around, you know, what, what that usage looks like and how that can impact sleeping and waking and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be realistic. Like we can't all just like, Have the like turn the lights off at eight PM and (laughs) no fire up our Himalayan salt lamps,
1: (laughs) right? Yes, and like that's the kind of wellness stuff that I think you know. Hey, listen, I love it and I'm all about it if that serves you. But kind of what you were saying earlier of like morning routines. I think people get really overwhelmed, and I guess it's like that trend now that's like you're being that girl or whatever that has like her 16 step morning routine (sighs) has to do all all of the things, and that's not really true. Like I really think just bringing it back to the basics you know, yeah. how are you staying grounded? How are you being mindful? How are you nourishing your body, moving your body, you know, giving back to others, like do the things that make you feel really good. And those extra things are great. Maybe it's a salt bath or it's a, you know, all of these extra things that, you know, might add to it, but if you don't have that good foundation, then those things aren't really doing that much, you know, you know, like yeah. the lifestyle and the diet foundations to, to feel good in the first place. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, switching gears a little bit, your wedding day is coming up. Woo. Right? When yes. is your wedding day?
1: <laughs> no November 13th. So we oh have like from from I guess when we're recording this, it's like I don't know, six weeks-ish. Um so it's coming it's up exciting. super quickly. Insane.
0: Hey. That's <laughs> awesome. So okay, I love this is this is all gonna come together and make sense, but I love your sculpt classes that you teach on Instagram. Which people Yay. need to check out. I've I've done several of them. They're so awesome. Love um, it. since I'm in Dallas, I can't come to your physical I classes. Know. But when I'm visiting, I'll next find, time you're in Austin, but... yep. <laughs> yes, definitely will. <laughs> um, I I had my mom do one of your classes with me and we were like in <laughs> Austin actually. And Love I was it. like, do a yoga class with me. She loves doing workouts. She has her Peloton She's and like, all this stuff. Not what I expected. She was like, This is not yoga. <laughs> like, I
1: was what like, what Now we're we doing? doing burpees. <laughs> They're like, that's not what I understand. I get that a lot of people, they're like, okay, I thought it was like a flow class. I'm like, no, no, no. It's sculpt. No. It is, it is like, it's... and I think it's high intensity mixed with, you know, it, it's the base of it is obviously, you know, yoga. And that's kind of the, the structure of your flow. But um, yeah, people are always kind <laughs> of maybe pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised when there's like burpees it's... and, you know, like mountain climbers and all that kind of junk in it. I'm like am yeah. no, like, you're going to, you're going to like me after this, but right now. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's a good workout. Oh. So I love like your approach to like health and wellness, working out, nourishing it from the inside out, never punishing your body, which like we both line on all of that. So that said, since your wedding is coming up and like everyone, you know does a lot of prep oh for a wedding. God. So what <laughs> do you have like a wedding prep diet workout plan or like what's your mentality? Because there's so much pressure around like wedding body and sweating for the wedding and all that stuff. Like what's
1: your take on that? It's just crazy. I think there's a lot of, um, just a lot of pressure. Like I think everyone feels that whenever they're going through, you know, this stage of their lives, um, you know, prepping for a wedding or whatever it is. But I think a few things. One is I think i probably have felt less pressure because I over the end this is unintentional, but you know, I've really surrounded myself, um, well, I guess maybe it is kind of intentional, but you know, on social media or whatever it is, with people and accounts that I follow that um take a kind of the same perspective towards wellness that you and I do. You know, it's hey, like let's nourish our bodies and it's not about like drop 10 pounds to the wedding so you're your lowest wedding weight. Like no one that I really follow it is of that mentality. Very kind of intentionally because I try to follow people that inspire me for good and don't make me feel more anxious. So I think – and a lot of that pressure, I think, comes from, you know, social media, things like that. Um, But I – and I've said – I've talked about this on my Instagram before. But I think some of that pressure, it will always be there from whether it's internal or outside sources. But, you know, I've really made a very intentional approach, I guess, towards this. And that, you know, in the past I've struggled with some disordered eating behaviors and things like that in college when, when I was also super anxious and things like that. And, you know, I look back at that time of my life and I'm like, that's just so not how I want it to feel. And that's not how I feel anymore. You know, I've made some significant changes with my routines and just my outlook towards health and my body and things like that. And it's so much more balanced and, you know, healthy. Um, and I, I'm heavier now than I was then. And I think that there's a lot of pressure, like, Hey, you need to be at your lowest weight. Like I said, on your wedding day, because people like brag about that so much. I'm like, honestly, when I was at my lowest weight, I was miserable. I hated it. Like I was not, I had a bad relationship with food. I didn't, I was punishing myself with workouts and things like that. And I didn't enjoy all this stuff. And now Mm -hmm. what I do is, you know, trying to encourage people to live a healthier life and, you know, do all these things, but in a way that makes them feel good and have a good relationship with, their body exercise. So, you know, I feel like for me to go back to that weight or whatever it was, I'd have to sacrifice a a good relationship with, you know, my body and exercise and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's, that's not the direction I'm going. And, and I don't want to go back there. So I would rather, I really want to feel strong and I want to feel my best on my wedding day and being, you know, maybe it's the thinnest or whatever it is, that's not when I actually feel my best. So I, you know, to your question, fact-wise, you know, things I have been doing include, you know, I, kind of n- no real differences with my diet in terms of, I like to eat healthy foods. I love to make nourishing recipes. Like think obviously that's kind of part of my job too. And so diet-wise, nothing has changed really. I, I kind of like to eat that way most of the time. Um, same thing with that, you know, like physical activity level, I have been doing more Pilates. Like I think just like strengthening workouts, um, and actually running a little bit less. I like to do those things. You know, I like, and you know, I love to sculpt and things like that. But, um, I think just my goal was like, Hey, I really want to, you know, I want to gain some muscle. I want to like feel str- like stronger, um, than mm-hmm. I was previously. So in that regard, you know, I think that's in my mind, a very positive goal. Like it's, I've been like lifting yeah. more weight and things like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, and then some like, not real diet or like lifestyle things, but like been getting regular facials. Um, <laughs> I've been doing like a monthly hydro it. facial um, because oh, I want my skin to feel good. But you, know, so I am not opposed. To like, hey, I want to feel my my best, and um, even wedding or not related with clients, I'm always like, hey, you know, aesthetic or like physical appearance goals are not necessarily a bad thing. I think they can get a sometimes a negative rep of people like wanting to you know, improve some sort of certain area. I'm like, that's not always a bad thing. It really just is your, what's your intention behind doing that? Is, is that because you feel like that's, you know, what society wants you to do? Or are those externally motivated goals? Or is it an internal motivation? You know, for me, I'm like, I wanted to get stronger because I, want, you know, gain more muscle because I wanted to feel strong. I want to, you know, do these things because I want to feel physically my best. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, that just looks like prioritizing, you know, nourishing food, moving my body, meditating. Like I want my mental health to be just as um, strong as my my physical health and, um, and sleeping and things like that. But those are kind of just the general thoughts towards that. But I think one of the biggest things is this idea that and I'm sure anyone, if whether anyone's listening or not, that is engaged or whatever, or has been married that there's a lot of talk of like oh my gosh it's the best day of your entire life like it's never gonna get better than it is right then and that's why I think people feel like I have to look my absolute best because that's the best it's ever gonna be and I like I've kind of that sort of talk sort of irks me because I'm like is it gonna be an amazing day 100,000 I'm thrilled so excited so it's gonna be amazing but honestly like my perspective I guess towards whether it's a marriage or life or whatever, is that I want it to continuously, continuously get better. Like I want to feel yeah. like the best is yet to come. And so it's not, I think a lot of people feel like it's the best of your life. And then it's a letdown afterwards. I'm like, isn't that supposed to be the beginning, not the end? Like it's kind of <laughs> yes, this weird. It's a so right. really weird thing. You know, people are like, oh, it's there's so a great. lot like, of so pressure. Soak in every moment. Like it's never going to happen again, blah, blah, blah. I'm Like that's kind of depressing. you know, like, that's not making me excited. Like that's actually giving me anxiety. <laughs> like, because like, it's never going to get better. So I think like my thing is, yes, I want to feel really good. Like I want to feel, you know, strong and healthy and, you know, um, you know, relaxed and all these things, you know, on my wedding day. But I also, you know, want to feel like, you know, this is, is this the best I'm ever going to be? I hope not. I hope, I hope it gets better, you know? I I know. It's so
0: funny. Yeah. Like the, I mean, the wedding day, yes, it's going to be an amazing day, but it, it's what kicks off the marriage and the marriage is what's most important. So. Yeah.
1: It's um, so true. People yeah. say a lot, yeah, like, you know, it, is it about the wedding or the marriage? And I was like, I mean, yeah, the wedding's going to be great, but like the whole point is the marriage, right? So I'm like, that's what I'm really, you know, focusing on. It's like, hey, what's next? And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a beginning, not not an end so it's just kind of funny exactly. it's just really weird kind of strange time of your life when you're like what is you know should I be excited or kind of sad that it's gonna be over or I don't know it's it's really weird
0: yeah I was um my husband and I got married eight years ago which is crazy we were we were 23 so we were young yeah we'd been together for like seven years so through high school oh, um but amazing. like I remember the wedding day was amazing it was like best day ever but then afterwards, I was so sad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, people it was get weird. really depressed.
0: Like, it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, just because like all the planning was over and all of the like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just the honeymoon was honestly like better than the wedding. But yeah. like once you get back from the it's honeymoon, just- it's like. Oh, all the
1: excitement. Well, I think it's a big letdown. Yeah. And, and it's even funny. I've talked to my mom about this because she's like, I'm not going to know what to do after this is over because everyone's so excited about it. It's like this big thing you're planning forever and then it happens and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now what? You know, so yeah. I, I've i kind of had that sort of stress too of, oh God, I, am I going to be sad? And of course you're sort of sad that like the big festivities are over or whatever, but I have to even, you know, kind of remind myself like, again, yeah, it's the beginning. There's a lot of other good things to come and I'm having, I'm already thinking of like. What are my goals for my business? What are my goals for
0: our, you know, lives?
1: What's the next thing we're looking forward to? I always think it's important to have something in the horizon that you're like living toward for, and you know, working towards. So, um, to your question, I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. But, um, and I want you know, there are definitely some things you can do to to get feeling, you know, prepared and ready. But I think just it's really just about having a just a really, I think a stronger mindset than I have to be the thinnest or this, that or the other thing. It's, it's so much more than, than that, um, Mm -hmm. in how you, how you feel that day. So sometimes that's actually like counterintuitive to how you really want to feel. So anyway, that's my perspective towards it all. Yeah.
0: I like the focus on like how you're feeling versus how you're looking and you're right. There's nothing wrong with like having goals for your physical, like aesthetics um, right. But yeah, feeling strong mentally and physically on your wedding day is a great, a great goal. And it does get yeah. better and better. So it's not going to be like your, <laughs> own, <laughs> your one right. good day. And people always say like, oh, the first year is the hardest. And that wasn't true for us. So like, I, I don't know, just all the things I that don't people know. say to you, just like kind of everyone will ask like you are you nervous are you nervous it's like like well, no. should i be
1: <laughs> yeah i'm like i guess nervous i may fall on my face walking down the aisle but like yeah. about getting married no like insane thing like, we've been together for six years so i'm like no it's not like we don't know each other like we kind of know what we're getting ourselves into like it's yeah so, you know obviously so excited so i'm like i'm not nervous i'm excited i guess i'm nervous for like you know am I going to look like an idiot dancing or am I like, you know, like all the things I have to remember. I'm a little anxious yeah. about that, but I'm not, um, the actual, like getting married part. I was like, no, that's not, right. I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, it is funny though. There's always like people want to kind of like egg you on. Like, oh gosh. Yeah. They you do. know, it's all over after this, whatever. Like, Oh, you're nervous. You're like, should I? Yeah. Should I be What?
0: Yeah. I know. It like it's weird you have more anxiety. It's like everyone chill out. Yeah, but, I mean, there's like, always like wedding day jitters, and like that's yeah, well, like a given. So yeah, but yeah, I'm excited for you guys. It'll be so fun. Thank you. We're very excited. Yeah. So, is there anything else you want to add, like about morning routines, stress management, any health uh, coaching?
1: You know, I think I mean, I guess just I feel like I repeat myself with all of this stuff, but I think it's just taking you know whether it's with your morning routine, whether it's you know prepping for a wedding, whatever it is, approaching your stress. Um, I think it's just, you know, it's really approaching it from a more holistic perspective and not, you know, seeing whether it's your diet or your exercise, like those things aren't happening in a vacuum, like your mental health. So it's, it's seeing how all of these different things that you're doing in your life are impacting one another. And that's, you know, kind of to bring it back full circle from, um, you know, what we're talking about, of these different like modalities of medicine, you know, functional medicine, whatever, you know, uh, a lot of times functional medicine is referred to as like systems medicine, and it's really talking about how like the different um systems within your body, maybe it's your, you know, digestive system and your nervous system or whatever, are impacting one another. And so I think when I began to take a little bit more um just kind of broader maybe approach and kind of took a step back in regards to health and wellness, you see a lot of these things like, oh well, maybe my overconsumption of caffeine is keeping me up at night and that's giving me stress. And then that's impacting my relationships. And like, you find all these things that are really um, consistent sometimes amongst um, our habits and our behaviors. So I think just kind of sometimes taking a step back and being really realistic and honest with yourself Mm -hmm. of, you know, about how you can approach some of these goals that you have, whether it's, you know, uh, improving your gut health or managing your stress, just kind of approaching it from a little bit broader, more, um, more holistic perspective. It sounds sort of repetitive, but I think it, it yeah. all these things impact one another. And I think For you know, sure. our routines and our diet and all these things, they, um, they, again, they're not happening in a vacuum. You have to kind of take all of these different aspects into consideration to really be successful and to really feel your best in all these different areas.
0: Yeah. And, I totally agree with you, but also people need to realize, and I am sure they know, that it takes a whole lot of effort and yeah. creating habits to actually make these changes. Sure. Um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be worthwhile, like making the lifestyle changes versus having to be on some yeah. prescription medicine for it later on. Which I mean, yeah. there is nothing wrong with medicine, but like you know, if you can fix it with lifestyle, food, diet, whatever,
1: yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot better. Well, again, the effort piece is big. I think a lot of, you know, it does take effort. It does take, you know, it just takes time and things like that to, you know, to dedicate to, okay, I'm going to meal prep this week or I'm going to get my butt to the gym or whatever. And like, it does take effort. But I think once you really realize how impactful all these different things are on your life and how positive they can be, then that kind of stuff doesn't really become that challenging. You know, like you just, it doesn't be, the effort is not as, um, as difficult to, to bring about, you know, once you kind of see how rewarding, um, putting your health and your wellness first is.
0: Totally agree. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. (laughs) I thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. I know we got off topic a couple of times, but like all good information relates. I love it. Yeah. It it all, it all, it's all connected, right? (laughs) For sure. Um, Thank you so much. It's so fun. Yeah. Thanks, Georgia. We'll have to do this again soon. Yes. I'm so down. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fitness Insider Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation and maybe got a few tidbits out of it, or maybe you're sharing this episode with a friend. I always encourage and love that. Be sure to follow Georgia on Instagram. It's goodnesswithg. There's some underscores in there. So be sure to check the show notes so that you can follow the appropriate account. And um, you can check out her website, goodnesswithg.com. She has lots of good recipes. And like I said, She has some workouts on her IGTV that live there and they're free and they're an hour long and they're awesome workouts. So those are always fun to do if you're looking for a quick workout or not quick, an hour long workout at home. Um, As always, be sure to hit subscribe so you'll see new episodes come in every other Wednesday. And if you have a minute, please head to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast, share it with a friend, And if there's a topic or guest you'd like to listen to here on The Fitness Insider, please reach out to me and I will try my best to make it happen. You can send me a DM on Instagram. It's the Fitness Insider Podcast. Or you can send me an email, natalie at thefitnessinsiderpodcast.com. We have a few more slots left for 2021 which is nuts we're about to we're in our last 90 days of the year so you guys make the best of it so i hope you guys enjoyed this
1: episode and i will see you in a few weeks